Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We'll be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a thousand dollar emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Renaissance, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, that time I step in the bank.
thing We can't be making reckless moves Cause there's so much at stake When you got some shit to lose Your decisions gon' change Cause every action got a consequence Consider your ways Hardest thing to do in life Is elevate through your pain I can relate to feeling like Your life is stuck in the phase Giving effort but results Just keep remaining the same Have some patience with yourself Shit ain't as bad as you claim I seen the homeless nigga smile While even standing in rain It's all about perspective Chillin', catching blessings And cryptocurrency been bustin' And I'm well invested She know that if she rock with me Then she gon' stay protected Cause even when this shit get hectic I ain't never stressin' I'm legend I woke up feeling wealthy today My bank account might not agree But hey, that shit on the way Me and my niggas layin' brick On top of brick till we straight If you the type that play the victim You can't come in my space You know this game ain't for the weak It's hard to carry this weight I keep my balance Through the ups and downs I'm never gon' break You feel the purpose in my spirit When you look in my face Cause this ain't a second I can waste I'm putting food on place Welcome everybody to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy David Bellar, one fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-hosts. Fellas, how y'all feeling? What up, what up, what up? It's your boy Jalen, man. Feeling great. It's another great Saturday, man. I can't wait to just get into this one. Yeah, how you living, bro? Man, I'm chilling, dog. I'm I'm good. Off this weekend, getting some work done and stuff. Look, y'all. Before we get to the episode, as always, y'all make sure that y'all like, subscribe, rate, comment, leave a review. Uh, if you're new, let us know how you feel about the podcast. Let yeah. us know your feedback. We love to serve y'all. Give y'all the information that y'all need. Yeah. With that out the way, y'all. I am excited to introduce our guest this week, man. We got us a great brother up out of Chicago. He is a business tech strategist and a consultant. Uh, my brother Carter Cofield of Cofield Concepts. Carter, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great, y'all. And I really appreciate being here with you all today. Um, not many people are willing to take uh, time out their Saturday to give people some knowledge. So I really applaud you, brothers, for doing that. And um, I apologize for not having my typical office set up, but I'm visiting family right now. So I found a quiet room with some okay lighting. So I hope that I uh, hope that I work. Hey, we nah, appreciate man. Yeah, you appreciate taking the time you, out, my brother. Like you said. You enjoying your time with your family. You ain't got to take the time away to give people the game. But, man, this, this is about to be something special, bro. Yeah, man, we got to give you some hand claps for that, man. Appreciate <laughs> that, man. Appreciate you for coming through and just taking that time off and really just helping us out and really just getting into this, man. You know, I can't I, I canceled the flight for y'all, you know, so um, to make sure I was here today. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I forgot about the flight. Yeah. We got we to make sure we bring the value. Yeah, man, we got to make sure this is some heat. Right, right, right. Let's get ready to hop into things, Carter. So we just want to ask you, like, can you get an audience, like, a brief introduction to your background? Like, how you got started into the whole business tax industry? Yeah, man. So um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, man. And that was, like, not, you know, modest means basic poverty. It was, like, nine of us that went home as a shorty, you know. Um, and then I graduated uh, eighth grade in 05 and it was around the recession. No, I graduated. Um, yeah, it, was, it was around the recession. I, I graduated high school. I'm sorry. Around uh, 09. It was a time of the recession. Right. And so I'm watching like my parents lose their jobs, like friends lose their jobs. So I literally Googled what job has the lowest unemployment rate and CPA was the number one job. So I was like, well, I know what I'm going to college for. So I went to U of I uh, to become an accountant because they had a good accounting program. And I literally picked my profession off of not wanting to be unemployed and not wanting to suffer like I saw everybody else suffering. So um, got my accounting degree, got my uh, CPA, worked at like the big four companies. KPMG was one of them. And I was like, this is cool, but like 
this is boring. So I uh, eventually went out to start my own business because I, I wanted to help entrepreneurs um, save on taxes and build financial uh, strategies and well-being. And um, then I created Cofield's Concepts to really bring the value to the audience and to the people for free. So that's a short journey of, of, of how I got to where I am. But um, I think I'm just getting started. Hey, man, that's a beautiful journey, though. And it's really cool how you had the foresight whenever you graduated to Google you know, what's the what's who's the least unemployed here? Because there's a lot of people who were not thinking like that. And were you were you like kind of instructed? Did you have like a teacher or a counselor who maybe was like, you know, hey, Carter, go go check this out. Make sure, you know, Google what's what's some of the hottest jobs right now. Or you just had that on your own and you was just like, hey, I know I don't want to be like the people I see around me. Yeah. So what happened with me? So my parents died when I was 16. So I grew up earlier than my friends. And people like give me that look like I feel sorry for you. But honestly, to me, it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Cause like while my friends were partying, like, I had to grow up at 16. So for me, it was like, I need to have stability. And like around 09, that was the last thing you saw was stability around the recession. So um, it was up to me to like, yo, Google, like Google was a thing. You can Google anything. And I just Google what I wanted. Cause I knew I was good at math, but I wanted, I wanted a career that had really a lot of stability which I think a lot of people do especially you know during COVID and you know CPA came up and I'm really glad because that the skill set of accounting can transfer to so many different other things hmm. hey man that's that's beautiful bro and I kind of want to talk about like once you were getting ready to go to college how did you start navigating through that what whenever you got into the accounting program did you have some second thoughts or were you like you know what I really like this I'm going head in because I was a business major and I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever I got an accountant, I was like, bro, what is this? That The transition from high school to college was one of the hardest transitions I ever made in my life. It was, the work was so hard. Um, it was so rigorous. And I, my GPA wasn't good enough to get into the college of business. So I had to like transfer over. So I had one shot. If I didn't get 3.6 my freshman year, I would not have gotten in. So I like Damn. locked in, made friends with all the counselors. I was a nerd my freshman year, um, but it paid off. You know, after that, I got in, I was able to get things done. But dude, to your point, those business classes in college is somebody needs to pre mentally prepare you for that. Like the psychiatrist needs to sit you down like, yo, you might get a D, but it's okay. Like, <laughs> Nah, but for real though, man, they, they got definitely some courses. Economics is another one. I was just like, bro. Dude, econ? Oh, oh Jesus. man, bro. But like, even with that, it pays to go through even all that, like you said, because that, that skill set that you come out with on the other side of, like you said, with accounting, it's so broad. Like, what are some of the other ways that like, just because for somebody listening that you can like branch out as an accountant? Because, you know, you see CPA, but CPAs do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's a great, that's a great point. If you have accounting knowledge, you can literally... I think you could do anything. You could be a business advisor. You could be an accountant. You could be a tax strategist. You could be a, um, you could be a financial reporter. I mean, like the fundamentals of knowing the ins and outs of money, you could be an investment advisor, right? You can do like so many things that you can do once you understand the fundamentals of accounting and the numbers tell a story mm -hmm. and most people are not able to interpret what their numbers are saying. So you can literally be hired as a virtual CFO. Right. And step into somebody's business and help them understand that their numbers. So I, I want to help change the narrative of accounting is this boring profession where you have the green visor and you just snap it and they're doing numbers. Right. You can literally do some amazing things with this type of background knowledge. Mm. 
And while you were working at the big four, how did you know which way you wanted to navigate? Like what made you say, okay, I want to take this path and I want to help people with their tax strategies and reducing their tax liabilities. Yeah. So um, working at big four was cool, but you know, our, our, our work didn't make a difference, right? We were helping these multi-billion dollar companies, right? Like, you know, didn't make a difference. And, you know, I watched so many, uh, especially African-American people start businesses, right? But they just, they were running businesses off of doing what they love to do, but they didn't really understand the ins and outs of their business. They didn't understand how to uh, read their numbers. They didn't understand how to pay for taxes. So once I saw those people in my community, I started doing it for free first. I would come into the office and say, hey, I'll sit down with you for an hour or two and help you understand your numbers because I wanted to practice too. And I started doing that after work. And I fell in love with it so much that one day I was just like, man, I'm out of here. So I, I quit my job. And then I, um, I booked a one-week flight to London because if I didn't leave the country, I was so scared when I quit my job. If I didn't leave the country, I would have tried to get my job back. So I had to literally leave so I didn't go back and I swear when I was at my job, I was sweating, but it, it turned out, it turned out well. Can you, can you kind of like talk to about that experience? Like I feel yeah, you. Yeah. I, I had to do it too. So like, yeah. what was that like the day that you were like, you know what? I can't do this no more. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So the, the day I went to quit, I was like, you know, walking into the office and I'm, I'm telling my boss I'm quitting. I did push ups before work. Like I walked into the office <laughs> and then like I got to work and I was like, well, like, you know, he's in a meeting. Let me get some coffee first. And then, like, lunch came around. I was like, well, after lunch, I've got it, you know. And then, like, I had a meeting. Like, the first day, I just didn't do it. And I was so mad at myself. And um, the next day, I just went in. Like, if you don't do this, now you're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. So the next day, I went in and I quit. And then the, um, the next morning, I remember, like, waking up in sweats. Like, did I really just do that? So um, my friend, he's a traveler. He made me book a fight with him. Um, to go to London just to get my mind off of things. And when I came back, I was ready to, I was ready to start. Mm. And what was it like processing that, like, while you were in London? Like, I feel like go, it, that, did that trip yeah, help? Like, 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 whenever you were detached from actually being there? Yeah, when you detach and understand the other important things of life outside of, like, your job, right, right? You know, like, this, and you get a taste of freedom, right? You get a taste of freedom. Like, what if I can do this often? Like, you know, average person gets two weeks off work. Like, what if I can like do this for a month or for two months? So it gave me a taste of freedom. And to this day, pre-COVID, I take three one month trips out the country to remind myself why I did this right in the first place. So it really helped me get a taste of freedom and understand it's, a, it's bigger things in life than just working nine to five or working Monday through Friday and then um, having the weekends to look forward to. Hey, man, that's a blessing, bro. And how, how long have you been on this journey? So I started my business in July of 2017. So was it was a little over three years now? Hey, man, congratulations, my brother. No, glad I mean, you. like, I'm, I'm glad that you understand how scared I was. You know, yeah. like, so, oh, man, like, with, uh, like, back in at the end of 2019, both of yeah, us, we, we had quit. quit our jobs. And like, it was, that's a thing, bro. Like, the idea of leaving from something secure that that two weeks, like, you might have felt like this for a long time. Like, man, I'm about to get up out of here. Da, da, da. But like, whenever you get, you get to that moment, it's like, damn, yeah, man, like, like I'm wait, really man, about you to know, do this. Check not like, that bad. You know, I, I, I do kind of like having this money coming in though. <laughs> but Right, right. So do you all regret it at all? Nah, not at no, all. Exactly. That's the, that's the answer. It's so scary. But like Will Smith, ha- Will Smith has a quote, God puts the best things in life right on the other side of your biggest fear. 
Thanks. So we had this fear, right, that we've been, you know, this job that we've been so scared to quit. And then right on the other side, we're like, yo, why, why did I do this two years ago, right? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> but, in, and I also kind of want to talk to what it was like whenever you came back and you realized, you know, I'm really on my own now. Mm-hmm. How did you attack that? And how did you go about, okay, now it's eat what I kill, I'm going to starve? Yeah, man, so... I think it goes to knowing yourself, right? I, I know who I am when my back's against the wall because I, mean, I had that parental experience. I know that I'm my best version of myself when my back's against the wall. And um, at least for me, knowing that I had 24 hours a day to work on what I wanted to do was just surreal because, you know, if you can, if you can work 12 hours a day for somebody else, you better be willing to do it for yourself, right? Um, like Jim Rohn has a quote, never work harder, always work harder on yourself than you're doing your job, right? So for me, it was realizing that if I could put in 12 hours a day, which I was putting into KPMG, I better be put, willing to put in 14 hours a day for myself. And <laughs> so that's what it was, man. Hey, man, I love it. I love it. And that's gotta be that spirit. That's gotta be the thought that you have if you really want to be committed to taking that step, because not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, but if you do want to become an entrepreneur, if you don't have those type of thoughts that I'm going to go harder for myself than what I'm going for over here, being an entrepreneur isn't, Oh, I'm going to show up to work at nine at 12 o'clock and work and work until two o'clock. And then I'm just going to go home and make a whole lot of money. It doesn't work like that. Mm -mm, At all. At all, and, and uh, you all—you you all just said it. Like the discipline it takes to be an entrepreneur, it—it's so, you know, surreal to think like you, your your life is in your hands, right? Mm-hmm. And you get out what you put in, right? So you reap what you sow. So if you if you put in three hours a day, that's what will be your results. But mm-hmm. if you're putting in 12, 14 hours a day, you might not see the results right now. But I'm still reaping some fruits of my labor back from twenty seventeen. You know, mm-hmm. so you never know when it's going to hit, but you just got to be persistent and stay disciplined, man. Mm, and I like how you said that, man. You're still reaping from 2017. Sometimes you got to realize what you're planting. You're planting mm-hmm. seeds. Seeds don't grow overnight. Sometimes it might take a season to grow. Sometimes it might take a few years for it to become a tree and then it's going to start nurturing you forever. So I like how you just said that, man. Yeah, I mean, you put it better than I just said it, man. I, you know, you know, man. Uh, but yeah, man, I think that if other people just know that all it takes is a little bit of discipline and dedication, I don't think they would be as scared to take the leap as as we were when we when we did it. I like that. I like that. Um, so, what you got, dude? For the for the listeners, so how did that rebuild process look when you came back from that week? Like, how are you going forward as far as like you know, still having bills, still having things to cover, like? What did that look like as well? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because that is, I think it's a very, very vital part about the story. I don't want to tell all the good without telling the bad, right? So Mm -hmm. um, first of all, I had 13 months of expenses saved. So I I knew I, I knew I had money and I remember oh, calling prep, myself. Prep. Prep, I prepped. I prepped, and so my, my expenses were only about a thousand dollars a month because I did have a car rental company on the side. I was renting. I was renting a couple cars out on Turo, hey. and hey. hey, look, so you know, infamous CPA with that course, it's crazy. Um, that stuff works. So I had my Turo uh, car situation, and my deficit was about a thousand dollars a month. So I have about 13K saved. So, if I, you know, barring me doing anything stupid, right, I had 13 months of money to live off of because I want to tell everybody this. 
building a business is hard enough. You don't need paying your bills to be another thing on your mind, right? Oh, being, oh, being a business owner is hard enough, so you don't need bills uh, stressing you out on top of the natural stress that comes with starting a business. So I did make sure I had some money put aside when starting my business. So when I came back, I didn't make a dollar until four months in, right? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, which is scary, right? Um, and I had a mentor, he told me, he, he was a Harvard Business School grad, one of the first black graduates there. He said, he didn't make a dollar for his first four and a half months of business. So if I made a dollar before him, I'm doing better than the Harvard Business School grad. So he kind of, he gave me that mindset that it's okay. But yeah, dude, I didn't make a dollar for the first four months. Petrified, scared, working my butt off. But again, though planting those seeds, I'm getting clients now off from people that I reached out to back in the day. So mm-hmm. Jared, I'm so glad you asked because the beginning was ugly. The beginning was scary. I was eating ramen noodles. I was saving up, um, but it panned out. So I want to tell people like you should have a reserve because you don't want to worry about paying rent while you're trying to build your business. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We will be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a thousand dollar emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. And and I'm glad That's you major. spoke to that. Yeah, because like like you said, that four months, sometimes it takes people nine, 12 months to really turn profit because you really, if you really don't understand or don't have any prior business acumen, any prior business skills, it's really hard for you to get really going because you got to understand how to set up stuff, how to become legal. Now things in the digital age, if you want to sell online, you have to educate yourself through the e-commerce process or if you're just going to be brick and mortar you got to start cold it's calling people yeah. like you you got to do something to get this business within there and a lot of times that first time that first inter- interaction with someone they're not going to immediately become your client and it's crazy that you said that because you said you're helping people already mm-hmm. before you quit your job so I would have thought that you already had a warm lead of people who are going to be like, okay, I see the value this man is bringing me. Let me pay him for this. But it's still crazy that you say that four months in, you still didn't make anything and you were already had the proven track record of helping people prior to it. Yeah. And, you know, if people say yes for free, but when the money's on the table, it becomes mm-hmm. a different, a different story. But I do encourage everybody to, 
do work for free. So I, I created this masterclass for free and I'll tell you all about it later. But doing pro bono work is one of the best things you can do because it does three very important things. One, it allows you to practice, right? You're going to suck when you start out. Just If you didn't know that already, I'm telling you right now, you're <laughs> not going to be that good when you first start out. So it gives you practice. Two, it builds leads. Now, those leads might come later, but you're building warm relationships with people for doing free work. And then three, when you do mess up, because you will, if you mess up for free, people are less upset at you because they knew they signed up for some free work. So for me, it gave me practice. It helped me build relationships. It helped me get my name out there. So to your point, you know, it took four months, but then one of those clients eventually came back and was like, hey, I actually do want to hire you. And Mm -hmm. it was one of the happiest days of my life. You know what I'm saying? So I do encourage pro bono work, but uh, it still could be a struggle. And like you said, I just kind of want to even emphasize, like, even when you're going in and doing all this, like we talk about having that emergency fund one more time, man, because like, I think anybody thinking about entrepreneurship, that's like yeah. number one always. Like if you're gonna say F you to the boss, make sure Have you your got F that. you fun. Cause like you like <laughs> to you the go. point of this. To the point of this, like he had clients technically, mm-hmm. and it still took a while. Like it's gonna take a while no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. You have this dream that when you open your doors, the client's going to rush in, but it's, it rarely works out like that. <laughs> yeah, man. Even even to the story of like Kanye West and one of his first fashion shows, nobody showed up. Like and he was like, this is good. Like, I'm going to make them like want this and look at him now. Like his Yeezy brand is doing crazy things. So like even some of the most successful people, they didn't start off with a million or even a thousand, a hundred people signing up for them. We all start with zero, like even on social media, you start with zero, you have to build up. Yeah, and and Jen, I love that you brought that up because it's, it's an iceberg mentality, right? People only see the top of the iceberg, but they don't see the work you put in underneath the years, the years, the years. And, you know, people look at me now, like, oh, you're successful, but they didn't know the, about the four month story. They didn't know my first year I was $30,000 in credit card debt, right? They don't, they don't know that part. They see the success now. So I'm really happy that we're talking about this because I want to, I, I hate giving a false narrative of a story. I love to show people the good, the bad, and the ugly. In the beginning, it's ugly. For, at least it was for me. And that's okay because it builds character. Like you said, it builds resilience. And then, you know, it's hard to enjoy the view at the top of the mountain without remembering the deep valleys that you went through, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that, that that for me. <laughs> hey, man, this brother, he'll preach. <laughs> so for me, that's helpful, man. Hey, hey man, I, I love that, man. I, I even like the fact that you just brought up like the credit card debt because a lot of people don't understand. Like, that's another thing that you can do if you really become an entrepreneur because a lot of people think that, you know, this credit score is like, it's it for life. Mm-hmm. If you really know how to prepare yourself, you can get yourself access to a whole lot of money that you can kind of live off of for a little while. Because I'm not going to lie to you. Like, once you learn that and have that access, I've used it like, hey, I'm, it's kind of hard times. Let me tap into what I have. I have this access to this capital on the back end. But I know that I'm striving for something. I'm working for it. Once, but once I get back on my feet, hey, I'm gonna pay this stuff off and then I'm gonna get my credit back. A bad credit score won't last you for life, but you gotta know how to work around it. Absolutely. And the fundamentals. Shout out, mm-hmm. hey, check out Credit Fundamentals. Uh, link is in the show notes. <laughs> there you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. Okay, so I do kinda wanna hop back into some, uh, some more stuff though with you, Carter. Uh, so. One thing I did kind of you touched on earlier uh, was was tax strategy. 
I kind of want to hop into tax strategy more because a lot of people think taxes is just a, a year in thing. Like, and that's why they get paid. Like, like, like you, I'm only supposed to deal with my CPA from, from in tax season, basically. Like I ain't got to talk to you. Like, so can you speak to the importance of tax planning and kind of like what a tax strategy is? Yeah. Yes. What do I want to start? So first of all, taxes is everyone's number one expense, right? The average person pays 40% of their lifetime income in taxes. So like, that's a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Bring that back. (laughs) You said how much? The average person pays over 40% of their lifetime income in taxes. So if you make a million dollars in your lifetime, which most people do, you pay $400,000 to Uncle Sam. So um, it's every, so taxes, everyone lost everyone's largest expense so my thing is what would you do with 40 percent of your money back right how better would your life be if you drop that 40 percent to 10 to 5 to 0 like you know and i want to educate people that you can do something about it but you have to first understand the rules of the game mm. you know and, and can you kind of break down how they're paying that 40 percent because a lot of times people just look at taxes on the, the, income, the, tax yeah, side. the income tax side but they're not looking at the amount of taxes that you're paying as a consumer also. Mm-hmm. So you have the average person, the average federal tax rate is 20, 25%, right? Then you have your state tax rate. You're all in Dallas and so you don't have to worry about that. But Illinois is about 10%. So now, <laughs> now we're about 35. And then you have self-employment taxes, right? FICA, right? Social Security. That's another 15.3% on top of everything else. We haven't even talked about like sales tax, property tax, right? You can destroy in taxes if you're not paying attention. So um, I want people to understand that, like, the one, that taxes is their number one expense. And two, that if they're smart or if they have a CPA in the corner, they can lower that expense dramatically because um, the tax code is nothing but an incentive, incentivized game, right? And you can't win any game unless you know the rules. So hmm. you either need to learn the rules yourself or pay somebody who does. Hmm. Hey, man, there's some bars right there. And I kind of want to talk about like how having that CPA is really just that hack for you because y'all know the game so much more and you're able to help people out. But a lot of times people are like, oh, no, this is illegal. I shouldn't be doing this. But they don't understand. Like you're saying, it's a game like there's things that's put in place for you to help reduce your tax strategy. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I tell people like this all the time. Whenever I'm speaking about taxes, I tell them like, hey, the tax code is made to benefit entrepreneurs and investors. It's not made to benefit employees, right? So either you can complain or you can join the right team. And I'm not telling people to go quit their jobs and become an entrepreneur, but you can start a side gig. You can rent out a property on Airbnb. You can rent out your car on Turo. These um, side hustles allow you to become a part of the entrepreneur, um, a business owner uh, quadrant. And the reason why the tax code benefits us entrepreneurs is because we bring jobs to the workplace. You know, we're better in the economy. So if we do what the tax code wants us to do, they'll benefit us. And the biggest misconception about taxes is that people think like tax time is like January through April, right? It's tax time. But tax saving time is October through December. Because mm. after the year closes, you can't do anything no more. After 1231, you can't go back and fix anything. So you need to be thinking about tax saving strategies in the last quarter of the year. Hey man, that's that's very important. Yeah, right so there. is this only for business owners or is this for like pretty much anyone in general? 
this is for anyone in general, right? Like, I mean, you can have a nine to five job, right? And you can rent out your car on Turo, right? And now you're making a couple hundred dollars, but now you get to depreciate your car. You get to write off your insurance. You get to write off um, car washes, repairs. You get to now deduct all these expenses that you have personally now as a business expense and you can lower your tax bill dramatically. Mm. And for this to receive this, they don't need to make an actual business structure, right? They just get they just need that 1099 form. Exactly. You don't need to be you don't need to be any LLC S Corp. You could be a sole proprietor. You can be just, you know, again, you, once you get that 1099, you're officially a business owner. And one of the favorite things I love telling people about is that once you do this, there are so many personal expenses of things that you're already paying for that immediately become tax deductible once you start making some side income. Mm. could you could you, you maybe more examples yeah like maybe like the top five things that people overlook that could be written off as a tax as a tax benefit yeah i actually just tweeted about this yesterday for black friday um so one is your person your cell phone cell phone is definitely a personal expense that becomes deductible two is any car expenses three is your um you can do apple watch right so like you know apple watch is tax deductible uh another personal expense is your internet uh, uh, car insurance. What else? Um, shopping. You can actually deduct some of your shopping expenses. You can deduct some of your uh, your flights and hotels. These are expenses that you're already paying for. That once you become a business owner, they they move from um, regular expense to um, business expense. Because if somebody calls you on your on your personal phone. If somebody calls you on your personal phone for business, that's now a business phone, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody, if you drive your car to a business meeting, that, that car is not a personal car. That car is a business car now. So just educating people on stuff like that. Mm. Okay. Cause I did want to ask you more about that. Cause I remember like, uh, I, I, that's actually how I, intro- I was introduced to you. I booked the consultation with you. I bought a car in my business and somebody said something along the lines of, Hey man, you better make sure like some, some with tax fraud. And I'm like, Hey man, like people really just think about it like that. Like they always think you can't do this. So can you like speak to that a little bit? Like what what is that you think, like why people do that? Well, it's simple. People fear what they don't understand, right? So um, people are naturally um, fearful of things that they don't understand. So they're more hesitant to do so. But if you are an expert or you were working with an expert and that expert tells you it's okay, then you know it's okay. I don't I don't take financial advice from my homie who like you know works at T-Mobile, right? I just does that's not that's not where I get my financial advice from. But um, I I get my advice from people that I know are experts. So I think that fear just comes from not knowing. And I wanna I wanna cancel that fear by educating people more. Hello. Hell yeah. So yeah, I just gotta see this see. So I did want to ask while you were, um, and I know this is kind of rewinding, but while you were in that rebuilding phase or even currently, do you still have your rental cars or are you still running your cars on tour? Yeah. So I I had, I had my rental cars for a minute. I actually just sold them all because I'm moving to California, but, um, Mm -hmm. those rental cars helped me through the business. They helped me get that. They actually gave me the freedom. And, um, this is why I want to encourage people to hang out with other entrepreneur friends because, um, I had one friend that was doing it and he talked me into it, but all my other friends thought I was crazy when I was going to these dealerships and buying my fourth car to rent out. But um, my entrepreneur friend gave me the the peace of mind to go forward. And, you know, years later, those same friends that thought I was crazy are now asking me how to do it. So hmm. I think that, you know, hanging out with entrepreneurs and hanging out with like-minded people is so, so very important. Man. 
That car, that car game is crazy. We uh, we got a rental car too. I'm actually looking at getting another one just cause like it. It's such an easy way to create cash flow. We always talk about like creating cash flow and making money. Like you said, that really buoyed you through. You can probably get like two, three hundred dollars cash flow off a car. Like people way more than that. Which right, type of car, what type of cars you was getting? <laughs> so um, I was renting. I was getting economy cars. I had a few luxury cars, but the economy cars people were ready to drive Uber with. So I was. The note was like three hundred, but I was probably clearing eleven hundred dollars a month. Damn. Um. So undercharging people. That's yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a little saturated now. I was doing it early in the early days, so it was you know I, it was kind of monopoly, but now it's kind of saturated. But I think the point of it is there is no shortage of ways to make money. We just have to be you know hang out with the right people, be smart about it. But the best part about it, and I know we talked about real estate earlier, is there's nothing better than making money in real life, but like losing money on your tax return, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Break that down. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I need you to break. I need you to dissect that for me, man. Okay, so let's talk about the, the car rental business, right? So let's say you make $6,000 a year and profit from your car rental business, right? You made money in real life cash flow, but on your tax return, after all your deductions, you might lose money. So let's say, let's say your car insurance was $2,000 for the year, but then your repairs was another $1,000, but then you get what's called depreciation. And the depreciation is um, just the IRS gives you a deduction for the potential wear and tear of your car. So your depreciation deduction can be $4,000 a year, right? So now you made six grand in real life, but you might lose $8,000. So you might have, you have a net loss on your tax return for two grand. So this is where you could actually make money in real life, but on paper, it sounds like you're losing money. So mm. that, so now you're making tax-free money. This is kind of what I talk about in the course that I created. And it's even better in real estate, right? So if you buy, I just closed on a property that was $500,000 and the IRS gives you an automatic deduction. So you take the, the cost of your building, divide it by 27 and a half, and that is your depreciation deduction. So I think for me, it's about, 15 grand a year. So I can make $12,000 in, in rental income, but my depreciation expense is going to be 15 grand. So I'm going to lose money on my tax return, but I'm going to make money in real life. Tax-free money. Hmm. Tax-free money. So whenever you have that negative 15, mm-hmm. what, what happens to that, that three that's left over? Does How, how does that like affect you? It's not, they're not going to pay you back. So yeah. how, how does that work? So that is that three thousand dollars that loss. I can I can I can deduct that from any other income. So let's say my course income is three thousand, right? Mm. Now that loss can take my course income from three thousand down to zero. Mm. Or, or if you don't have any income, you can carry that loss forward to a future year, mm. and you can deduct that loss in the future. See, and that's that's, that's kind how of, uh, yeah, Donna Hugh was talking about yeah. how they back two forward twenty. And that's how like the wealthy play the game though, right? Because they're able to, they have these multi, these complexes that's worth whatever and so much rentals that if you're able to do this at 15 for about 30 of them, what are you looking at now? And and that's, I love you said, that's the name of the game. The wealthy are not the wealthy because they, they are, um, 
you know, they, they were in better, had better circumstances than us. And that could be the case sometimes, but they're wealthy people stay wealthy because they have knowledge or they surround themselves with people that have the knowledge, right? And they, if they don't know the rules of the game, they go find somebody that does. They go pay that person well to save them money, right? So um, what I want to do is I want to bring this knowledge to my people. So like, you know, the community, I grew up on the South Side of Chicago. A lot of people can't afford expensive CPAs, expensive lawyers. A lot of people can't afford me. So I wanted to give out this information on, you know, on podcasts and courses and stuff like that, because everybody deserves this information, whether they can afford it or not. And I want to, I believe that if we can, we can bridge the wealth gap by giving knowledge. Mm. Hey man, that's powerful right there, bro. Have you been thinking about starting a podcast, but you don't know exactly where to get started? Maybe you don't know exactly what equipment you should buy or who you should go through with the hosting platforms. Well, good news. I created a course just for you. It'll be showing you how to make the fewest mistakes possible on your podcasting journey. It's called the Podcasters Playbook, and it's a total masterclass taught by me, showing you all the techniques and tricks that we use behind the scenes of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Swipe up now. Click the link in the show notes so you can purchase the podcast's playbook. And I kind of want to talk about what it looks like with you working with some of your clients. Like, what does it take for them to work with you? Like, is there something that you're looking for? Like, because I know a lot of people, they, they have certain criteria before they work with someone. Is there certain things that you're looking for to say, okay, I know this is a client that I would like to work for, or I can give you this information, but I just don't think we're going to be a right fit. Yeah. So for me, client, I, I pick my clients based on personality. So like right now I work with all creatives. So writers, um, artists, entertainers, stuff like that, because th- they are fun people. Um, and at this point, I'm not even taking on new clients right now because I don't have the capacity to, and I'm kind of happy, but that's why I created my tax-free living course because I felt like it's unfair for people not to have this knowledge just because they can't afford me or just because they don't fit my criteria who I want to work with. So let me find a way to give this knowledge in an affordable way. So when quarantine happened, I sat down and I really took all the knowledge that I had over my college career, my CPA career, everything that I read, and I put it into this online like virtual course. And I was like, hey, if people don't want to work with me, they can't afford to work with me, that's fine. I better have a way to still give them the knowledge that they deserve. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what drove me to make it. It's, it's been, a, it's been a, great, a great avenue to really fulfill the quadrant of me giving back, you know? Hey, you tell them, yeah, could you tell them the name of your course, bro, my brother? Oh, yes. yeah. So uh, <laughs> the name of the course is Deduct Everything, Your Blueprint to Tax-Free Living. And again, I talk about how to invest tax-free with real estate. I talk about how to invest tax-free with the stock market. I talk about how to deduct everything as a business owner. It's li- I literally put all my tax-saving knowledge into this course because again, man, if people just get this and like if somebody can go from paying 40% of taxes to 10 for the rest of their life, that is hundreds of thousands of dollars of money back in their pocket. And I want that for anybody who decides to invest in themselves and grab the course or, you know, listen to you all's podcast and get this knowledge because there is no better investment that you can make than an investment in yourself. And that is through education. Mm. Mm. Yeah, man. It, man. Hey bro, I'm still, I'm over here. My head. Yeah, your, your face, your face has been hilarious. This whole time. Bro, I don't know what's my head mind, bro. been bust, bro, because I've been over here thinking on it and you was talking about, 
this house, this this property, this five hundred thousand dollar property that you depreciate, and then I'm like, yo, this shit crazy because this man's is depreciating an appreciating asset. So you paying less taxes on something that's becoming worth more. That's I, my head just been bust since. Then. I'm like, damn, <laughs> man, I ain't never really thought about it like that. But like, damn. Like, this, is wild, yeah, it, this is truly how the game is played this is truly how the wealthy stay wealthy bro and i it, it came through reading books like a lot of robert kiyosaki has a lot of great books on this stuff man and if you can find ways to make money and not pay taxes and appreciate something that appreciates in value you're killing it like you know that's how you truly truly become wealthy man so it's just understanding man so much knowledge out here that people don't understand and this they just got you know you got to get it one way or another yeah, man. Like, I gotta give me one, man. I gotta give me a property, man. I've been saying, <laughs> I, need, I need me one. No, no I, I, I call it earn in pocket, lose on paper. Like, that's 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 my strategy for like, because the real estate, man, you better you, you make money um, in your pocket, then you lose money on paper, then you can deduct that income off other income sources. And like, I think last year, so I'm very candid about my numbers. I think I crossed $210,000 last year and like overall revenue. And my tax bill was less than $5,000. Oh, hello. Let me get... Hey man, that's, he trying to get like Donald Trump. Yeah, but man. I just want to ask the, the, the tax rate on a business is what, what it is, 21%. I'm glad you're talking about this. So we can talk about the new income and tax rates. And no, I, I, before we even get to that, bro, I'm just trying to help people understand. Twenty-one percent of of two hundred thousand dollars, yeah, that, is that significantly ain't... more than five thousand dollars. So that's just yeah. to paint a picture of you for you, like how much you really could be saving here. Yeah, that, so if, if somebody made two hundred grand in a job, right, at, at the employer, they would probably end up paying close to forty to fifty thousand dollars in taxes, right? So, and, you know, I made that through businesses and through other investments and I paid less than five. And it's because of tax planning, tax strategies, understanding the rules, right? Planning at the end of the year. Like, you know, again, I do this for clients and I really, really dive deep for myself. And so, you know, just knowing a little bit about the tax code saved me $45,000. And that's every single year, right? So it's not just one year, it's every year into, into the future. Mm, and I so there's two questions I actually have about this now. So the first one is, so being the fact that you're deducting so much, how does that not hurt the business in the long run, showing that you're like at losses? How do you make sure that it still looks like this business is still thriving? Yeah. So you want to be you want to be smart. You want to plan. Right. So you want, if there's a year, if you're going into a year where you're about to make an investment and you have to show income. So for this property, right? I had to show some income when I bought the property, right? So you have to think ahead. Like, all right, I might pay more taxes this year, um, but I'm going to get the property because I could have got it down to zero, but I wanted to make it enough so I could still get my property this year. And then every year I go back to zero. But to your point about how do you make the business um, still look like it's thriving? So, you know, you're not, we're not spending money just, you know, we're not spending money stupidly. We're investing the money in things that can go to the business next year. So I might pay my marketing team a year in advance. So I might, you know, spend $15,000 and tell my marketing team, hey, I'm gonna pay you in December for all the next year, right? So I'm still making purchases that make sense, but I'm just making them at a time to save on taxes, if that makes sense. No, yeah, I definitely, definitely understand you. Like you're saying, you're spending before that year is out. So 
2020, but you're actually paying for 2021. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, and you you if you pay an expense early, you can still deduct that expense the year you pay it. So you don't have to wait until deducted. Hey man, that's pressure, bro. Game. That's hard. I read a lot of I read a lot of tax books, dog. <laughs> yeah, I, I need one of them books, man. Uh, okay, so I got a book recommendation for you. It's called 475 Tax Deductions. If you just Google it, uh, it's, it's a really easy read because this guy just goes through 475 tax deductions. You can just read through like, oh crap, I can do that. Oh crap, I can do that. So um, I really highly, highly recommend that book. Hey, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna check it out. And if you oh, are a business owner, I want to live tax free. Check it out. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, I do kind of want to get into what Jalen was trying to get into oh, earlier yeah. before I cut him off. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this potential, this buying tax plan, we talked about it some, uh, but it'd be definitely good to get an industry professional's knowledge on this, man. So, like, it, can you kind of get into the proposed tax plan? Because I know we talked about it some. And people was like, hey, y'all ain't get it all the way right. Yeah, so um, I looked over it, to, but to be honest, I don't study new tax code until it's implemented because I don't want to read something and study because it's, it's, it's a big plan. I don't want to dive deep into it and then it doesn't happen. I just wasted 10 hours of my day. So what I, but people, I do want to tell people is that when they see these high tax rate numbers, that's not for everybody. That's in the highest income tax bracket. So I, saw, I see a lot of people you know, like making less than six figures complaining about this high rate. I'm like, bro, that won't apply to you. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like sit down, it does not apply to you at all. So I, um, I just want to encourage people that understanding the difference between your tax rate and the highest tax rate. So if the highest tax rate is 42% or whatever, and you don't make that type of money, then you're going to stay in your, in your tax rate that's respected to your income. Mm-hmm. And again, if you're deducting a lot of stuff from bringing your income down, it won't really affect you. So for me, as a person that I know, I, manipulate my income to show what I wanted to show. I'm not really worried about a higher tax rate because I will never let my income get that high in the first place to show on my tax return. Mm. That's cool. Hey, man. Y'all better get y'all fire CPA. <laughs> That's all I gotta say, man. Y'all need somebody who can show y'all how to manipulate this stuff so y'all ain't gotta pay y'all this 42%. Because yeah. if I had to pay 42%, I'm jumping off the bridge, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they got you like that, my brother. Man, 42%? <laughs> that's, that's 50, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's $50. Come on, man. No. Yeah, yeah. So, and I tell people all the time, man, like your, TP, your, your CPA should be free. And what I mean by that, your, your CPA should never charge you more than they save you. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have a money back guarantee with all my clients. If I don't save you more money than I cost you in any given year, I'll give you back the difference because that's how confident I am that. And as you know, when you go to your CPA, you should be like, hey, like I have no problem paying you whatever your fees are. But will you be able to show me that you can save me more money than you cost me? Mm. And, and if that's the case. They, they work it for free. They supposed to be an asset, not a liability. They, there you go. Preach, brother. Preach. Hey, free game right there, man. Hey, so, Carter, I do have another question. It just popped in my head, man. It was uh, like from a video I saw. We was talking about tax brackets, and it kind of made me want to uh, dive into this more. In the video, it was kind of breaking down like how tax brackets are tiered and like mm-hmm. how whenever you're taxed, you're taxed at different tiers for like the different levels of income. Is, mm-hmm. is that like, can you explain that some for me? Because like, I'm, I'm still not all the way sure on what they was trying to break down. Like they was like, so say like, I got you. I, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So basically it's broken out in tiers. So let's say, and I'm, I'm, I'm just giving preliminary numbers. So let's say, so zero to a hundred thousand, 
you're charged 10%, right? And then from 100,000 to 200,000, you're charged 20%. And then from 200 to 300, you're charged 30%. So what it means is that you're only charged that percentage on that tier of income. So let's say you make 150, right? 100 of your, inc- 100 of your income is going to be taxed at 10%. Then that other 50 is going to be taxed at 20, not the whole 150. Ah, okay, okay. So what you what you want to calculate is what's called your effective tax rate. And your effective tax rate is understanding how much your income is taxed at different rates. So just because you make $300,000 and you're in the marginal tax rate of 30%, all your income is not getting taxed at 30%. Portions of your income is being taxed at different portions of the tax rate. Mm-hmm. That help? I got that you. Help? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Is- yeah, Man, I'm learning a lot of shit right now. I ain't gonna <laughs> <laughs> this man's really got my head just. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I told you it was be the best interview I had. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, nah, man, you live it up there right now. <laughs> no, no, but I hope that helps. Again, you just want to understand that these rates are specific to how much income you have, and they change when you get married, and that you know we have kids, they lower it. So just be cognizant of what your tax rate is. And moreover, you should be not worried about the tax rate, but worried about how can I get my income on my tax return to be lower. And that could be from buying real estate, from investing at the end of the year. One of the biggest investments I make every December is I buy online courses. I spend about $10,000 on online learning per year. And my thought process is, you know, you, you, some people pay $100,000 to go to college and they can't deduct that expense, but they won't spend $200 on a course, $500 on a course, $1,000 on a course that they can write off on their taxes. So it's and really- try to make money. And the goal is to make you smarter so that you can make more money. So I'm investing $10,000, $15,000 a year in online education and, and I end up making so much more money the next year because I have a little bit more knowledge, you know? Hey, that's a message. Hey, y'all better look. Y'all better invest. That's so I love I, I love the links in y'all bio because like I bought four or five of the courses in in, in, in you all's bio because you're giving me a hub to see all the courses that I should be learning about from my people, right? And I and I love absolutely love the courses that you all partner with. And I you know I go to you all's links as one of my main resources to find the courses to take. Hey man, we appreciate that, man. Hey, if y'all ain't did it yet, y'all need to click them things, man. Yeah, to, learn yeah. something, man. Learn yeah, something. Yeah, learn <laughs> something, man. Y'all definitely, definitely learn something, and y'all be on the lookout for the Black Wealth Renaissance Academy. It's, hey, Ooh, some coming. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's some pressure coming through there, so y'all definitely, definitely be on the lookout for that. Let's go! I love to hear that, man. I love to hear that. Hey, yes, sir. What's good, family? Jalen here. I have some great news to share with you. We have recently launched BWR Academy, the number one online school and community focused on teaching personal finance and wealth building principles. By becoming a member, you will gain access to premium financial education covering the topics of credit and financing, debt repayment strategies, retirement planning. That's right, we're going over 401ks, IRAs, and everything in between. Life insurance, we'll be having weekly budgeting and accountability calls, and so much more. You will also gain access to a powerful network. For years, we have been preaching, your network is your net worth. So here's your chance to increase your social capital. We'll be having many of our previous podcast guests coming back to teach exclusive classes that can only be found through BWR Academy. We have also partnered with Capital, a premier financial app that will allow you to participate in our quarterly savings challenge. 
We have a goal of helping a thousand families save $1 million collectively. We'll make sure that you are not a part of the 74% that cannot afford a $1,000 emergency. So if this sounds like the type of environment you would like to be a part of, make sure you sign up by clicking the link in the show notes. Make sure you sign up now because spots are extremely limited. See you in the academy. Yo, it's Big Fred, aka Daddy Tuzoadi Podcast. Kiki Tubafetu, and we are the Sobering Podcast. Tune in to us every second Wednesday for fire conversations and interviews about South African music, sneakers, and street culture. Check us out on the Revolt Podcast Network. Shout out to our moms. I don't, I don't know if I got anything else, man. Yeah. I, yeah, you can bust your head yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Here, take, take a second to debrief. Yeah, I don't man, do a lot of speeches man. right here, man. <laughs> so, For sure. I'm trying to think about another one, man. I'm trying to think more on this, this uh, just another way people can. Uh, man, I had one earlier. Too. Okay, I, I got one for you. So, one of the best tax saving strategies I love to tell uh, entrepreneurs and business owners is to hang turn your friends and your family into business partners, right? Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is that if you have a niche that's good at social media, pay her to do your social media. If you got a cousin that's good at this, pay if you got a friend that's good at marketing, pay that friend to do marketing because when you travel with these people, you can now deduct all traveling expenses because these are work-related. So mm -hmm. now when me and my friends go to Vegas, one of my friends is my lawyer. The other friend has my social media. And I, we, I'm writing off this expense as a business expense because it's an employee retreat. And these are ways that you, if you turn your friends to business partners, you're able to turn your personal vacations into business vacations. We spend a lot of money when we travel. So I'm able to now write these expenses off because I employ people who are close to me. Mm. Hey, man. Message. Hey, y'all better, y'all better. Look, listen, and I ain't gonna lie, y'all. We took us a trip this year. We went yeah. to Denver, and it's a whole business expense. We yeah, dude, like you are all are literally business partners. So wherever you all go, whatever you all do together, y'all should be using the business account or reimbursing yourselves or whatever. But everything you all do together is a business expense because you all work together. Yep. Now, I do want to get into just for the people that are listening, the business owners. What are the like qualifications for what you need to be doing as far as paying these people to make sure that it's going to like be good for a write off? Like you can't just be cash apping your homeboy and be yeah, like, man. oh yeah, you good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to have a good structure and you want to have good tracking, right? So if you're going to pay them, pay them through mm -hmm. like um, a third party site. You, you pay them like through Gusto, through PayPal, through. Um, QuickBooks, you want to pay them mm -hmm. through an easily trackable system. So if the IRS does come back, you can pull up, all right, go to their name. I paid Brian $10,000 for social media work last year. Here's all the invoices that I paid him over the year. And you, so you want to have a good track. Do not cash app your business partners. Do, you know, <laughs> do not do that. Use a trackable source like PayPal, QuickBooks. Gus was a good payroll provider because um, you want to be able to pull these up really quickly and track them. Yes. Great, great, great point. Great point. Great point. Y'all definitely, yeah, definitely. Be, yeah. Yeah. Y'all definitely, definitely we look into that. We, we can't be hustling. I, I think that's, yeah, that's one of the biggest mistakes people make too often, man. Yeah. Like just trying to do the business off of your mixing them business and personal funds, man. Can't do that. 
You got to yeah. separate yourself because this is what I tell people to make them stop doing it, right? So people like to have an LLC. They're like, yeah, I'm going to just mix my business account, my personal account. Everything's going to be fine. And I tell them, okay, if you do that and somebody decides to sue you for, you know, let's say litigation through something through business, right? And you go to court and if the, if the, if the court can prove that you've been treating your business account as your personal account or vice versa, they can do what's called pierce the corporate veil and the court will dissolve your entity and they can sue you personally anyway. Mm-hmm. So you can have this LLC set up, you can have this business bank account set up, but if you're not treating it well, if you're not treating it right, it will hold up in court and they'll be able to sue you personally, take your home, take your savings, take all that. So once I tell people that, they start they start to switch and separate themselves usually. <laughs> better cover y'all ass in these streets. Y'all don't want to Man. Do y'all better get that business account. <laughs> for real. For real. Set it up. Nah, real talk. Though. For real. Yeah. Plus you can start getting business credit and different things like that once you really mm-hmm. start setting up the correct, legit way. Absolutely, absolutely. Now you can just loan your business name and you don't have to worry about your personal credit score getting affected, you know? Yes, sir. And ha- do you have any uh, type of experience with that, with the business credit or getting any of your clients any type of funding like that? Yeah, well, you know, when the SBA stuff happened, I had, you know, it, I think that when the SBA loans and the PPP money stuff came out, it really showed the effect of not having your stuff in order because you couldn't get any loans if you didn't have a profit and loss statement, if you didn't have a tax return, if you didn't have your EIN, if you didn't have a bank account. If you didn't have any of these stuff set up, you missed out on hundreds of thousand dollars of low interest money or free money. So um, I think that recently it showed people that you have to have your stuff together in order to get whether it's government funding or business loan funding, right? And the greatest thing about having business credit cards is that you can leave that thing maxed out and it doesn't affect your personal credit score at all. So you're able to separate yourself efficiently and effectively. Mm. And can you kind of go into how some of that money was free money? Because I did hear about like, you know, some of the stuff was forgivable and you were able to get some some help with uh, your business. Yeah. So the PPP loan was completely forgivable. So if you were a sole business owner, let's say you're a solo business owner, you're S Corp, right? You could have got a $15,000 PPP money. And then as long as you paid yourself all that money, it was completely forgivable. So as long as the money was used for payroll or business related expenses, it was 100% forgivable. So we had clients that got a $30,000 PPP loan. They paid themselves the 30 grand through payroll and all the money was forgiven. So they had a free $30,000 just for having that stuff in the right order. And, and I'm pretty sure they helped float them through the pandemic pretty damn good. Pretty, pretty, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, easily. I'm telling you, man, some people call it a pandemic, but it really been a pandemic for some other people. <laughs> yeah, people that got their bread during this thing, man. Uh, I'm using that. I'm using that. <laughs> I got to get credit to Ty Billy on yeah, that. Man, okay. I, I, I like that, though, the pandemic. <laughs> for real, because, you know, I think if you, you know, if you got your stuff together through this, man, you could really, you could really have came out on, on, the, on the positive end. And I know that's been the case for a lot of people. Thanks. So I'm kind of sad we ain't take advantage of that PPP, man. It's okay, man. I was over here. You know, at the time we was like, man, yeah, man. We, we was, <laughs> we, we was yeah. here about people. Uh, I, I'd rather you not do it than do it the wrong way. Cause I've seen people do it the wrong way. Exactly, man. We was, we was here about the people, man. Dudes talking about, so, hey, man, I could get. I can get, get the PPP loans, loans, man. man. All I need yeah. is 20%, my dog. You give me 20%, I get you the load. They ain't even got no business, man. Man, look, <laughs> I'm telling you, IRS will be knocking at your door. Like, hey, man, look. This is folks going to jail soon. We know dog. you got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, 
Man, we're going to go ahead. We're going to pivot to the last segment of the show, Carter. So, bro, we want to ask you what's on your timeline, man. What's something that you've seen on social media that you want to speak on, bro? Yeah, so recently, uh, you know, yesterday was Black Friday, right? And I just saw so – I was so proud because I saw so many Black businesses being promoted and so many people buying from their own kind, right? Uh, instead of, you know, people going shopping for new TVs, people were going shopping for courses. People were going shopping for um, different investment strategies. People were really using this Black Friday sale, at least on my timeline, in the right way by reinvesting into Black businesses and reinvesting into themselves. So this was the first year – that I really saw that, and I was so so proud. Hey, hey man, I, I love it. It's a and shift I, in the yeah. culture, bro. It's been a, yeah. a true shift, and I'm I'm proud to see. I know that's what's been on my timeline too, man. Seeing people invest in themselves, and I love it. Yeah, and like you said, just supporting other black businesses. I saw a lot of people just even sharing. They probably didn't buy, but they at least were sharing. Hey, look, you buy from this black business, and we were just really encouraging each other to share their business if you got one. So I definitely, definitely appreciated that too because it shows the progression of us 1000 percent, man i was i was so happy to see that and hopefully that trend keeps going yeah. yes sir let's keep it longer than just for a season man because i think man. that's always been the issue that's really truly been the issue like when the don't make always, it a trend. Whenever, whenever it's always been like we support black businesses whenever the white businesses was making us mad now <laughs> that shift needs to be like we just support, we just black, support business. black business because we need to and yeah, we should absolutely. and they actually providing valuable goods and services the same level of value or even a higher quality than these other vendors and they actually probably care about you more man for sure absolutely most deaf well my brother man we just want to say thank you once again for coming on our show dropping some gems blessing us blessing the followers with all of that knowledge uh, can you just plug yourself in and let them know where they can find you, where they can purchase your course, anything else that you would like to share? Yeah. So if you go to cofieldsconcepts.com, that's cofield, my last name uh, with the S, concepts.com. All of my resources are there. You can get the course. You can get my free masterclass. You can get my podcast there. And if they want the course, they can click the link in you guys' bio. I think it's in there, right? Or if, if not, they can click on um, my Instagram. It's cofield underscore advisor. Click the link in my bio. You can grab the course there as well. So um, I just, you know, thank you all for being here. And it was definitely worth rescheduling my fight. So I really appreciate you all making it work. <laughs> hey, man, we just want to say thank you. And once again, definitely didn't want you to have to do that. But thank you for doing it, man. This was a great episode. I really People going to appreciate you for it, my brother. I genuinely believe it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. You guys have a great day, man. And until next time, man, stay blessed. You too, my that? brother. And before we get up out of here, we're getting into a few house cleaning. We just want to say thank you to everyone who comes in week in and week out listening to us. Thank you for helping us just grow, man. The podcast is growing so much. I want to give y'all some claps right quick. This is a moment for y'all. Y'all the greatest, man. Y'all the shit. We love y'all. Yeah, thank y'all for just being so, so great and really just being a part of our family. Y'all not really fans. Y'all like our family. And we do this every weekend for y'all. So we definitely here. Um, and we just want to say, y'all keep on sharing. Subscribe, uh, rate, review, whatever you have to do. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. Let us know what we can improve on. If you want to watch this, we have this on YouTube also. So go over to our YouTube. You can subscribe that way. And uh, 
uh, you can watch watch us and just get to know our guests, our audience a little bit better. Um, but besides that, I also want to say y'all definitely grab our book, Manage Your Money Like the 1%. You can grab our uh, course, Credit Fundamentals, The Ultimate Guide to Understanding Your Credit. And we also have the Eight Weeks of Wealth up available for purchase right now at $200 off. So you're getting $397 course, uh, really eight, eight weeks of content of really actionable game, going over life insurance, going over house hacking, going over what it's like to be in great partnerships, uh, how to start and monetize social media, mm-hmm. how you can start a podcast. Like I said, it, it's, yeah, it's some great in there, content man. in there. You can get that for $47 or you can get all three of them bundled right now for $147. Look, we trying to bless y'all. We trying to help pack. y'all out. Yeah, that's the wealth pack. Y'all go get <laughs> that. That link going to be in the bottom. Yeah. And before we get up out of here, uh, we got to get show some love to our, our family. You know, uh, the last review we got is from List For You, uh, breaking it down and keeping it real. I love that y'all ask the questions that folks might be thinking, but typically don't ask. It brings clarity. Thank you for the knowledge and the uplift in our community. Liz, we appreciate you. We love you. We do this for y'all. Yeah. Uh, y'all got anything else to say? Nah, man. Well, on that note, y'all, Black Wolf Renaissance, signing out. Peace. I switched to Boost Mobile and got a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone. Want to know the best part? Uh, it was free? Nope. The fact that it's on America's largest 5G networks? Nope. It's the ding. Oh, yeah. Love the ding. Right? It's all about the ding. It's the dingarooski, the dingarona, the ring-a-ding-ding. Unleash your power to save with Boost. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A23 5G phone when you switch. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Dr. Shonda. And Chanel. And we're here from the Double Dose Podcast. We are one set of twins. With two different perspectives. We both have faced many challenges in career, life, and relationships. And we are transparent about how we've relied on our faith to overcome them. If you want to hear us discuss current events, pop culture, and relationships, and everything else in between, tune in to the Double Dose Podcast. And it's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network. Anchored in hip-hop, powered by creators.